myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is Wednesday night, so it is retro night. And as always, we uh, look back at games between Newcastle United and uh, a, a team. And, and, and this one is a, is a one which I think we've uh, all been looking forward to. And it's one we've chosen, uh, but it's Newcastle United against Sheffield Wednesday. And there's been uh, some... some proper humdingers and uh, plenty of players that have played for both teams and also quite a few celebrity fans. So all your favourite uh, issues and uh, I'm sure this one will be coming into the reckoning tonight as well, a very special game uh, that Newcastle played under Sir Bobby Robson. But uh, without further ado, we'll get the George to give us his first uh, recollection of Newcastle United against Sheffield Wednesday. Hello everybody and uh, a quick thank you to George for donating the t-shirt, Steve. Yeah, uh, fantastic guy, uh, George. He is uh, another man. He's he spent a lot of money on these food bank T-shirts, but yeah, he donated it to you. Well, and, and the sixty quid I donated, I give it as well. So brilliant, so mate. With with the gift aid, the, the the food bank got nearly two hundred quid out of it. So thank fantastic. you, everybody. That was that was really really touching, and, and thanks very much indeed. Um, tonight, um, as always, I'm going to try. I'm going to go back really into, into my football history and uh, and, and uh, talk about uh, games which I was 10 year old. Uh, the first game might run into two, by the way, because of the, the circumstances. Um, the first one is uh, 17th of February, 1951. And uh, it was uh, a game we're building up now at home. I was getting educated by the two uncles, John and Tom and my dad and grandpa and Oh, yeah, go to see the most expensive footballer in the world, uh, 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 Jackie Sewell. Uh, Jackie Sewell uh, and you're going to see the, the next uh, England centre forward who's going to knock spots of everybody else. He's going he's to score uh, hundreds of goals for England as well as for Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, they've got other players that they're England, England team. So it's really going to be a a real event going to see them, the, the Sheffield Wednesday play on, at, at the weekend. So, And, of course, all week when we were playing on our little pitch in the back garden at 11 Chicken Road, um, it was Newcastle versus Sheffield Wednesday, you know, and the, the, the two uncles were were in between Doug Dooley and Jackie, Jackie Sewell and I had to be Jackie Milburn and Bobby Mitchell. <laughs> and it was great fun. Um there was other great entertainment in the house and, and, and happiness in the house because my mum and dad had just got word from the council to go to the town hall and collect the key for a new council house in Howden, which meant I knew I wasn't going to the Western School. I was going to end up at the Stevenson. And uh, I wasn't entirely unhappy about that because I, I wanted to get a, a break away from the, the group that was running the football at the Buddle and as. And I thought I'd have a better chance at the Stevenson, and, and that's how it turned out. However, come come the Saturday, the 17th of February, in a crowd of 48, nearly 48,000, 47,075, uh, and none of, the, none of the four said players played. No Sewell, no Dooley, no Froggett, no, no uh, Mary Well. You know, all the internationals were missing. And it, it was... A, it was uh, it was a good game, which we won. 
but the disappointment amongst my crowd was was enormous because they were upset that they uh, persuaded me I was going to see something special. It was a good game. I wasn't upset and they weren't upset. We won 2-0 and the goals were scored by George Robledo and Ernie Taylor. And when I look at the team, it was a, it was nearly a, a cup team. Fair brother, Cowell Corbett, Harvey Brennan, Ted Robledo, uh, Tommy Walker, George Robledo, Jackie Bilburn, Ernie Taylor and Bobby Mitchell and Seymour was our manager, of course. Uh, so um, it was a bit of a downer for, for anybody who wanted to see all the things we were promised. So obviously the, the, the following conversations at home were about why, why these players weren't there and all the rest of it. And then uh, slowly but surely the, 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 the uh, conversation changed to other things and, and I was persuaded, well, next time they'll probably all be here. Um, Sadly, though, um, not long after this, um, uh, the jolly jolly boys at the the Pennywet decided to uh, have a trip to Blackpool. Now, I can't associate jolly boys and Pennywet in the same sentence without having a smoke because, uh, to be perfectly honest, there's probably more jolly in the Madame Tussauds than there is in the Pellywed, but never mind. That's another issue. Uh, anyway, the, the, off they went to that weekend in Blackpool. It was a horrible weekend. They got absolutely soaked. And of course, Uncle, the Uncle John was uh, was the, the rascal in the thing. And he went without any coat. He went just in his tank top and a cravat around his neck. Come back absolutely soaked. And unfortunately, he got a chill. He, he was in bed for two or three days, then taken to the hospital because he had an asthma attack. And lo and behold, um, within a couple of days, Uncle John had passed and gone, uh, which was uh, put a damper on lots of things. <coughs> but, um, very, very touching. I mean, these two uncles were more like brothers to me because I lived with them all my young life. Um, so it, it, anything like that was a, was a big... Anyway, co- come the next year... Saturday the 20th uh, December 1952 and uh, um, Sheffield Wednesday come to uh, Sir James's Park and lo and behold, who's in the team but Jackie Sewell, Derek Dooley, Marriott, Froggart, um, all in the team, all the internationals were in the team and didn't it show? Crowd of 37,900. Have you any of the pictures up yet, Steve? That, uh, I've got Sewell. them, but you send us three, and I'm not sure what order they need to be in. So you're going to have to any, any, right. Well, well I've, I've mentioned them all now. Jackie Sewell's the first one. He, it's like the cigarette card one, the blue and white one. There you go. Now, I've chosen the cigarette card one of Jackie Sewell. That was the day it was the most expensive player in the world. £34,500. From Notts County, Seymour bidded for him, but stopped bidding at just about thirty thousand. Uh, but that was that was the most expensive player in the world, and what a fantastic player he was, and what a nice man he was as well. And uh, so that that was the first one. The next one was Derek Dooley. Um, I think I sent you an action photo of Derek Dooley, Steve. That's the centre forward. Now, six foot three, grease lightning, and a shot like a cannon. And he was knocking everything to bits. Uh, you know, tw- twenty odd goals, uh, and, and the season was barely halfway through. Uh, brilliant head of a ball, 
brilliant uh, dribbler, a really, really talented player. Unfortunately, he got the 23 and he, he clashed into a goalkeeper and broke his leg. And lo and behold, didn't get gangrene, so the leg had to come off. So that was the sad end to Derek Dooley. Sheffield Wednesday had a number of centre-forwards who, who ended up being... Uh, had catastrophes, but I'll talk about another one later on. So Derek, but the, they played in this game. Dooley scored two, Sewell scored two, and Marriott scored the, the next one. Five one, and our consolation was uh, was uh, uh, a Mitchell uh, penalty, uh, and it was a consolation. They absolutely took us to pieces, and our team wasn't that bad. Simpson, Carol McMichael, uh, Charlie Krogh. Brennan, Casey, Walker, Robledo, Keith, and Mitchell. And uh, they actually took us apart. But it's not surprising. I mean, Dooley, Sewell, Froggart, and Marriott were all in England's team at that time. So, so there were no slouches, but they really, really did give us a hard time. Um, the other picture I sent you, uh, Steve, was that it's difficult to talk about uh, Sheffield Wednesday without mentioning Albert Quicksall. I think I sent you a picture of Albert Quicksall. That's him with a number eight on his back. Well, look at the length of his shorts. He used to roll his shorts up at the waist uh, to get them as short as he possibly could. And I think at the finish, they used to have to make a special pair for him. And everybody used to try and copy him, of course. All the kids were running around with their shorts tucked up in, in, in their middle to try and get them as short as they could. But also, he was one of the first ball jugglers. I mean, there had been a few of them. There, there, there was the lad that was West Brom who used to go on at half-time and juggle the ball. Burnside, was it? I think it was. And, and well, Albert Cooksall was the first to do that, and he was really, really clever. But he was also a very good a good footballer. He, wasn't, he didn't feature any of these games because... Uh, he was up and coming. He was he was a youngster, but his name was being mentioned, <coughs> the one for the future. So that's my first uh, uh, go. February fifty one, December fifty two, two quite different games, but seeing oh, that's it's from it's uh, from that period anyway. I just yeah, it is, it is, yeah, that's, that's good. I That's thought we'd throw yeah. that in as well, George, because you've done a lot Why of research not? and I thought, well, I'll find Why that. Not? I think it's a couple no, that... of years early, but it's a similar no, kind no, of that... era. It's good, and, and it shows you what the ground was like then as well, because that's that's the real St. James's Park as far as I'm concerned. The only thing that's missing is the, corner, the flag in the corner for 10 minutes. <laughs> um, and the peanuts are... Was... <laughs> Aye, the peanuts are... yes. So that was, uh, that was my first uh, experience of Sheffield Wednesday. And and the one which obviously for a variety of reasons uh, stuck in my memory. And just to finish it off, yes, I did go to Stevens' school, and it was the best thing that ever happened to us. Uh, my life was never the same after that, and I'm I'm delighted to be able to say that. So, thank you, everybody. That's my first effort. Fantastic, George. I know a lot of our listeners and viewers could uh, sit and listen to you all night, mate. So, uh, well done, mate. Great stuff. Steve Wilkinson, good evening, mate. Good evening, uh, everybody. Um, I'm going to go back to, to, to my uh, young days as well, but uh, I, I, I don't have the memory of George. George is fantastic listening. And I, and I put in the comments about yourselves that maybe George can embest these stories because I was 12 at this game that I went to in uh, 1966. And uh, it was the uh, the FA Cup, 
And uh, while while those that know me know I go around in a wheelchair now, I, I, I used to walk around with sticks and I always had to go at the front. So even at that age, I was still at the front of the crowd. And you're referring back to the that, that programme before, the ground looked like that. And, and as well as looking through the, 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 the peanut seller's legs, I had to look through the St John's ambulance and the police that wandered around the pitch. So that was the, my view kept getting obscured by them all the way around. But well, this game, um, it, it was a one of it, one of two as well, actually, because we uh, it was twelfth of February, nineteen sixty-six, in the fourth round of the FA Cup, um, and we'd actually played Sheffield Wednesday the week before in the league, and and two goals from Alan Sulik had uh, given us a two-nil win. So I think one of the things about that time, un- unlike it is today, where the, the FA Cup is, is somewhat undershadowed, it, uh, the FA Cup was big in those days. You always got bigger crowds than. Than other games, and I think with Newcastle's success, particularly in the fifties, um, we were seen as a, a really good cup team, and and it, it always attracted a lot of interest. It's interesting to look back on on how many at that time we were the we'd won the FA Cup second most times. Aston Villa had won it seven times, we'd won it six times, and Blackman Rovers had won it six. All three of those clubs have never won it since. It just shows you how many, and now we're, we're way down the list with several teams up in the double figure. Um, but so having having dispatched uh, Chester in the first round of the of, uh, well the third round when the uh, Premier League clubs or the first division as it was called those those days came in, we had a home game against Sheffield Wednesday. Everybody feeling confident, having beaten them two 0 the week before. Alan Sudik scored two goals that day, um, and the and they'd showed in the crowd uh, there'd been thirty one thousand at that uh, game the week before. Um, the crowd was up to thirty nine thousand with that. Atmosphere there always was in cup games. It was a, it was a level above what you you got in league games. Um, but the it all went wrong very early on in the game, and and Chef uh, Wed took a relatively early lead in the first half hour. Um, one of the players that that uh, Dobson scored first in twenty five minutes, and then a, a guy who uh, father of somebody who uh, played for us in the later years, Gary Megson's father Don played for Sheffield Wednesday, and a really good midfield player. Um, and and, he, and I think from what I remember, he, he ran the show that day, and uh, a, a cross from him was turned into the own net by by our centre half John McGrath, and uh, we're two 0 down after half an hour. So it was a, it, it, it it didn't warrant the sort of uh, pitch invasion that the North Forest one did <laughs> in later years. But um, we pulled the goal back again through Suddock after thirty five minutes, and so it was a it was a ding dong of a game after that. Um, <laughs> And uh, you know, but unfortunately, we, we, we didn't manage to to, to get through. Um, and as it happened, Chevy Wednesday went on to to get to the final that year. Um, um, although they lost in the final, and in a in a game where they actually led two nil. And it, for anybody that remembers that time, it was a guy called Mike Trebilco came on for Everton yeah. as a sub um, early in the second half, and within minutes of coming on, scored two. Nobody ever heard of him, I think, before that day. And he came on, and and he suddenly became a hero and, and got. Got Everton back in the game, and then they ultimately went on to win it. So, um, let's say that was that was my first recollection. Just looking at the team of that day, um, we had Gordon Marshall in goal. Many of the promotion players still playing. Dave Craig, Dave Craig, Frank Clark at the back. Ollie Burton, John McGrath, Jim Eiley, Dave Hilly, Alan Sullick, Ron McGarry, Pop Robson, and uh, Keith Kettleburn had been brought in. Um, Keith Kettleburn, very much a Shelby lookalike, you know, it was quite rare for a guy to have a bald head in those days, but uh, commonplace now. But uh, we almost had twins in Jim Eiley and, and Keith Kettleborough, and both having 
bald heads for young lads, which was quite rare in those days. So that was my first game, uh, February 1966. Uh, Unfortunately, I think, I think the picture Steve showed was actually your game. Uh, and it was Suddick having a go and, and Ron McGarry behind him and, and Jim Ailey in the centre there. You can see he's a shiny top. Now, Jim, Jim Ailey was the bald eagle long right, before, yeah. before Jim Smith came. The other thing I'd mention is, notice Sheffield Wednesday's second strip in those days was all white. <laughs> and a lot of people think that Leeds copied their all white strip from uh, Real Madrid. They didn't. They copied it from their neighbour, Sheffield Wednesday's second strip. Uh, because that's what Revy thought it, it, it looked nice. I mean, later on, the Real Madrid thing became uh, folklore, but but the, uh, my understanding is it was really the Sheffield Wednesday second strip that set him off. Um, can I say a little bit about Alan Suddick, Steve? Yes, yeah, go on, go on. yeah. Well, Alan, Alan Suddick was just, as I was finishing because of the injuries and things, but I was hearing about this kid, that this school kid from Whitney Bay that had come in, and everybody's saying how talented he was, how clever he was, and all the rest of it. And I remember talking to Ted Hughes, the man who used to run the juniors, the ends at Newcastle. You either loved Ted or you, or you hated him. There was no, no middle ground with Ted. But I used to get on reasonably well with him. And I spoke to him and I said, what do you think, what do you think about this, this Sudic kid, uh, Mr Hughes? He says, well, he's great. <clears throat> Got a problem. And I said, what's that, Mr Hughes? He won't bloody do what he's told. <laughs> and and sure enough, that was it. He, he, wherever he played, whether it was first team reserves or anywhere else, he would do his own thing. And the net result is Newcastle got sick of him and, and sold him. Another real genius, which was unfortunately misguided in, in, in many ways. But that's what Ted Hughes said to me. He says, he won't do what he's bloody told. And he wouldn't. He's free. Yeah, can I just in one one thing just yeah. in that in that point there was one thing he was famous for was pulling the shorts of a of a, yeah. a bully. Yeah. They, 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 had a, they had set up a wall and he went behind the wall and pulled the shorts down. Pulled the shorts down. That was the yeah. thing that he got up to. Well, it, and the other thing was his free kicks. He could bend a ball better than anybody I'd have ever seen since. And even now, I can't. I haven't seen anybody that could bend a ball like Alan Suddick could. And. All this stuff, Stephen Taylor danced about in front of the goalkeeper. Well, Alan Suddick used to do that as well. In fact, when he was going to take a free kick, if they put a wall up, he used to get down on his hunkers beside the ball so the goalkeeper couldn't see him. And the goalkeeper didn't know what bloody direction he was coming from. So he just stood up and whack, and it was in the back of the net before the goalkeeper could move. I mean, he really was clever, but as I say, sadly... The, the words that ring in my ears when I talk about Alan Suddick is wouldn't do what he's bloody told. So there you are. Sorry to interrupt, Steve. Sorry. No, I'm saying I, I think it's uh, your memory's better than mine in uh, of those days. That was just games I can remember for for for. It was more about the FA Cup that it was it was something different in those days. And I think I remember yeah. the atmosphere of that day. And the other thing about that photograph, you see the state of the pitch. I mean, the, yeah. just a quagmire. Good okay, stuff. So that's, that's my first game. Stu Penman. Hi, how everyone? I've just seen that comment there about hi George. About everyone remembering how George remembers every, all the stories. Because my first game, I was thinking this is from ages ago, and it's 1986. I don't think George has done one as recent as that. <laughs> but it was uh, Easter weekend. We seem to always get Sheffield Wednesday over the Easter weekends, uh, but this time we actually won one, and. 
the reason I remember it was I haven't yet turned 12. I was 12 a week later, and I was uh, my dad's a Hearts fan, so he wasn't keen on going to the game, and I wasn't allowed at that stage to go by myself. So it was one of those Saturdays where you just know you're going to get dragged around the town by your mother and go in all the shops and everything else. And I say, like, I'm not doing this. So I feigned a bit of a earache and I was lying on the settee, like really at me ears so bad I can't, I can't move it. The pain's terrible. And then the heat's dad rang and asked uh, my dad if, if he wanted to go at the match. And he said, no. And he says, well, does Stuart want to go? So he says, no, he's not that well. And I made a miraculous recovery and managed to uh, get off the sofa and uh, hopscotched myself round to the Heat's house and off we went to the game. Now, this is, we were in the, the old First Division and Sheffield Wednesday were a really good team at the time. I, I think they finished the top five or six that year. And so it was, it was a big game. We always got big crowds at... Easter time anyway, always with the like, Easter Boxing Day, New Year's Day, whenever. But uh, Newcastle were ramping that day. Now, the goals, uh, we had Paul Stevenson scored the first, and then Gaza scored the second one, and he was a raw Paul Gascoigne, and that was his first season. Um, and his star just got brighter and brighter that year. You know, it, it's sad, and I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen this, but there was a video of him going around at the Hoppins or something where he couldn't even kick a ball uh, recently, and it was really sad to see, but this was this, this was him when his star was in this ascendancy, and it just got brighter and brighter and brighter. Um, and he was fresh from the year before, winning the FA Youth Cup in 1985 with Newcastle. And there's that famous picture with him and Joe Allen. Um, so we're 3-0 up at half-time, who was it that scored? Billy Whitehurst, I think, scored just straight after the kickoff. We scored with a score with a early on. So that ended the game as a contest. And then typically the castle, instead of going for the jugular and everything else, they knew the job was done. They settled down and then they end up winning just the just 4 1. This one stat I did get the crowd that day was, I've got to read them somewhere, 25,714. And that was the sixth biggest crowd of the season for Newcastle. Uh, which shows you how times have changed and there was a loyal fan base. You know, there was always a 18,000 plus loyal fan base that would go every week and then the extra six or 7,000 were there for the, would have been a bank holiday. So that was my first story. It was one of the first games I went to and sorry, it only goes back 30, what, 35 years? <laughs> That's as much as I can remember back. Sorry, George. <laughs> Mitch, over to you, mate. Right. Yeah, I'm neighbor. Um, my immediate reaction when we said about Sheffield Wednesday was I always felt that we'd always had lots of really good games against them. Um, that was the, uh, my gut reaction whenever we mentioned one of the teams is like, what do I feel about this team? What do I feel we're going to see? Um, goals is something that always springs to mind. I can't remember going to a bad game against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and this one, Caps a lot. Um, to put it into context, September 1999, uh, we had a terrible start to the season uh, with Rude Hullett. Um, at the time, I was doing stuff for the journal on the journal jury panel. Um, ended up getting a mention on Keys and Grey on Sky, funnily enough, because I'd written that uh, in one of my things about him that um, 
when he when he got home to Amsterdam, he'd, he'd find plenty of bikes, and I suggested he got on one, and um, and so he did in the end. Well, he still claims it was by his own uh, volition um, after the Sunderland debacle, picking that team without Shearer in. Who knows, really? Um, but either way, that opened the door to one to Bobby Robson. Um, three and a half years too late. If only he'd come in after Keegan and all that. But by hook or by crook, eventually he did get there. And the atmosphere for what really was a run-of-the-mill league game was ridiculously electric. And you, you sensed the day on that day was going to be something special. Um, the buzz in the town, um, the reaction to his unveiling, um, just really... You knew something was going to happen, and as inspirational as a guy as he as he was, just with his very presence, really, he didn't change much other than make sure Shira was in the team, um, and produced well one of the most astonishing results I think I've ever witnessed um, to be. Four uh, nil up with Shira having a hat trick at half time was crazy. Um, but then unlike some games where you get a good lead by half time, we just didn't didn't take our foot off the gas. It was relentless. And you, you couldn't say even Sheffield Wednesday played poorly. Um they didn't have a man sent off, you know, we weren't playing ten or nine men. We just absolutely rattled them from the opening minute to the last minute. Um and it's moments like that that really make you realise what when we've got the wind at our back in, in, a, in a full full sail, what Newcastle United as a club can do um, and, and how many times you're going to get these if-only fields. But this, this game was just fantastic. Aaron Hughes put up after, I think, about 10 minutes of all people to be the first goal scorer. Um, and then Shearer got a hat-trick in, I think, 12 minutes. Um, a flick, a penalty, and... Uh, uh, a third from a really good cross from Kieran Dyer. That's the other thing I think people talk about Shearer because he, he scored five. Uh, Kieran Dyer had probably one of his best games in a black and white shirt. Um, he got the he got the fifth straight after half time. If I remember right, he was on his knees. He, he actually headed it in from his knees, um, and then Gary Speed cracking goal, uh, typical speed or goal. And then Shearer wrapped it up with a side foot and another penalty by 84 minutes. And uh, what an absolute delight of a day um, and a great way to welcome Sir Bobby. Um, as I say, if only he'd come in after Keegan, I think things could have been so very, very different. Um, but that was, he said the game was going to get a mention. And unlike me being miserable for the last few weeks, I get the joy of talking about that one. Fantastic, mate. Great stuff. Great game. Uh, one to remember for all Newcastle fans who were there. Steve Hasty. Yeah. Evening, guys. I've, I've gone back into the memory banks. My first game I've chosen is the 14th of April, 1984. Um, Newcastle, Sheffield Wednesday, both teams challenging for promotion. Wednesday, top of the league. Um, and to put a downer on it, Mitch, we got beat one out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Miserable get. Um, so you're probably looking, thinking, what a strange game to 
to pick. He picked a game where we, we played Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday at home and we lost 1-0 during the promotion season. Now, we're, yes, we lost 1-0. It was a, we lost to an amazing goal, a fabulous goal, a, an overhead kick um, you know, from about nine, ten yards out. Um, so when you lose to a special goal like that, then you have to you have to appreciate it. But the reason I picked this game is because the difference between the two teams. And I'll make an admission now that I had a huge dislike for Sheffield Wednesday. They were the they were the anathema of 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 the Arthur Cox team. They were a physical team. They were a big team. They were a dirty team. They had players like Lyons and Shirtliff yeah, and yeah. Bannister and Madden. Um, and the one that really, really annoyed me, and I think probably annoyed all my pals as well, was a bloke called Mel Sterling. He was one of those players, that, and he always played well against her. That, that made it even worse. But he was one of those players who was always in somebody's face. It was never his fault. He, he, he was physically he was strong. I think, he had, ended up, I think he went to Leeds at one point. But anyway, um, they were tough, they were physical, they were direct. I wonder whether that had anything to do with the fact that they had a little bit of influence from Jackie Charlton, who had been there for a short spell. Um but they were managed by Howard Wilkinson, who was, you know, uh, one of those managers who went on to be sort of a bit more of a purist and had, had a big position in, in the FA and, and with England and, and that type of thing. But, uh, I mean, to give you an idea, the, the, the four teams that season, of, the four teams that went up, uh, well, the three teams that went up out of the top four were Chelsea, Wednesday, Newcastle and Man City. They were the top four. And you look at the goal, and, and this is another thing, you look at... You look at, compare them, they went up, I think they were eight points clear of us um, by the end. But they, they scored 69 goals. Uh, we scored 87. Their top scorer was <laughs> a certain Imre Verardi on 17. Um, and it was this game was, was Verardi coming back. We'd sold him in 83 and he came back in 84 and haunted us. Um, but we had Keegan on 28. The second top goal scorer they had was Bannister on 14. We had Beardsley on 20. A third top scorer was the fullback, Sterling, on eight. And we had Waddle on 18. So 87 goals to 69. Mm. You know, basically kicked away and and upset everybody and annoyed them <coughs> to the to the promotion spot. And we managed to to grab uh, grab that, that particular um third spot in the promotion season. But it, it's interesting that you you look at that, you look you look where Chelsea are now, you look where where uh, Man City are now, and they didn't even make promotion that season. Then you look at Sheffield Wednesday, who who finished second, and then you look at you look at ourselves and the comparison between those four teams. And it's not that long ago when you think about it. I know Stewie's thinking, God, that's ages ago. That that was nineteen eighty four. He still he can't even get past nineteen eighty seven. But it, Stewie, it wasn't that long ago, honest mate. No, I was at that season. <laughs> the first game I went to was the promotion season. Um, when we beat Man City five 0 so it's the yeah. same season. Exactly. Season. Yeah, but when you when you think about it, and you, you know, like you, you you think that that how people people go on about football and the modern football and and how it's evolved, but look where those two those other two teams were in the league, and look where they are now. City and they were both in the Champions League final a couple of weeks ago, you know, and they were they were languishing in the in the second division with us. So uh, that was my first game. The team itself, we had Carr and Goal. We had uh, we had two fullbacks were were Anderson, uh, John Anderson, and Kenny Wharton. Uh, central defence we had Glenn Roda and Steve Carney. Then we had a midfield of David McCreary, 
uh, Terry McDermott. And we've mentioned him a few times that just in teams as we've looked over the last few weeks and so. Uh, John Truick, I think the fact it shows you what a good footballer John Truick was to be able to hold his own in a midfield that consisted of McDermott and McCreary. And he held the third spot. Yeah. With, Playing behind the striking force of Waddle, Beardsley, and Keegan, you know. So you know, it it had flamboyance all over it. It had a steeliness to the defence, and Kenny Wharton who would kick anything. Well, we all know Anderson Ando kicks everything, Steve. I think he even kicked us were in the bar a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve Corney, who had come from Blythe, and and what a what a rock and what a what a great centre half he proved to be coming from the non-league, playing alongside a very very gifted Glenn Roder. So we we had all the flamboyance, and I didn't even mention that team. I just mentioned a bunch of kickers that I had, and that's that summed up Sheffield Wednesday for me at that particular time. Great stuff. Uh, big Steve, before you go around again, Clancy. I'll Few just give questions. the sponsors a shout out first. Yeah. Big shout out to Spider VPN for all your internet security. Uh, just Google Spider VPN and they will protect all your passwords and things like that. So a uh, big shout out to the lads for their sponsorship. And the skips and bins.com, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contact free and pay as you go. Waste Collection. Also a big shout out to John at qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and sugar tables in Walls and Newcastle, and to John at Jab Signature. First time visitor to the channel, hit the Newcastle Legends logo and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media and drop into the comments box uh, to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans and get yourself onto our website, nufcmatters.com. Uh, you can pick up some of the T-shirts, including the one that everyone seems to be looking at on Steve Hasty tonight, the Supermac one. Fantastic T-shirt that Steve's got on. And, uh, yes, there are a few of those available. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for that. Over to you now, Stu. Uh, there was just a few comments. I'm watching the comments about my hair. <laughs> yes, I've got hair. But uh, the reason it's like this, I've seen Darren put one on. And it was, he called us Ken Barlow. Because uh, for my daughter's christening, I grew it longer to look sensible for there. That's it. So, so I look sensible for the christening, but that didn't turn out too well either. The the reason it's got this on it, it's not the Lee Clark from Clark last week. It looks quite similar for me. The the reason behind it was is because I go for walks in the morning before I go to work, and it's this morning, for example, it was thirty seven degrees, but the real field temperature was forty three. So it's like bleaching it constantly. So it looks like I've got highlights in it, but today they've just announced that we're in we're in our second week of lockdown here in Bahrain. Um, all the shops are shut apart from the supermarkets and they've just announced that they're going to extend it by another two weeks. So I don't think I can keep the hair growing as much when I'm going to the bar, so I might just have to shave it off soon. Might get back to normal, but I've proved the point. I do have hair. I thought uh, you were doing Phil Foden. <laughs> no, I, I was I was going to follow you, Steve, but it would take us till I was about your age to get it out like anyway. So, <laughs> I don't want to just I, I just kept it growing and that's it. But now it's getting to me. It's getting messy. It looks like Doc from Back to the Future at the side with the white bits and that. So, because it's going to have to come off, I reckon. So, sorry to interrupt. I just don't want to answer right. a few because I'm getting people making fun of us on the chat. George, back to you, mate. Well, there's one thing I can't comment about is hair. <laughs> I can't make comment about hey. Um, can I go back to something Stu said in his piece though? He talked about we seem to get Sheffield Wednesday at Easter. That wasn't an accident, Stu. That was when the FA had brains at Christmas. 
we used to go to either the Ayrson Park or Roca Park and then Boxing Day or just after back to St. James's Park. So there wasn't none of this flying down to London and back and forwards over the Christmas holidays or the Easter holidays. Easter, it was either the Sheffield teams or the Manchester teams. Or so, Leeds, yeah. Or Leeds. It was to keep the, the, for the fans. To keep the fans that's right. To give the fans a chance, a chance to get there and get home at a reasonable time. Not like the Dota were now. It's it's a disgrace. But it, I just wanted to say it wasn't an accident, Stu. It was it was. No, 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 I'm aware of that. The, the, FA, the FA had brains then. Uh, right, second match. Uh, Sunday, the second, 27th of August, 1999. And it's a, for me, it's an unusual one because it's an away one. Uh, at that time, I was county commissioner for scouts for Durham. And the regional county commissioners, all the northern regional county commissioners, Durham, Northumberland, Cumberland, uh, all the Yorkshires, Lancashire, Cumberland, uh, all used to have uh, about once every six weeks, they all used, used to get together. And at this particular weekend, the person chairing the meeting was a lad who was county commissioner for South Yorkshire. And he just happened to be a director of Sheffield Wednesday. And I know for a fact he's picked this weekend because he expected Sheffield Wednesday to give Newcastle a thrashing, just, just to stick one up on me. Well, little did he know, I went to this match and uh, our team was Hislop, Barton, Beresford, Howie, Peacock, Lee, Clark, Beardsley, Ferdinand, Janola and Gillespie. Uh, 25,000 crowd and we actually took them apart, particularly Beardsley and Janola. It was only 2-0 and, and Janola scored the first one and Beardsley the second one. And I think that might have been Janola's first goal, actually. Um, and uh, they, they just... Uh, took Sheffield Wednesday apart, much to the disgust of my host. Uh, he was a director of Sheffield Wednesday, so we're all in the director's box. And, but by Jove, when we went in after the match to have our cup of tea, it was a very quiet cup of tea, except for one uh, very passionate Jody going around telling everybody how well Janola and Beardsley played. So um, it worked. The, the other bit about the matches that is important is that they had two players that did cause us some bother occasionally. And that was uh, Mark Bright, who was well known to us. He was a good uh, old-fashioned pro, pro. And a centre-forward called David Hurst. Another big lad, big, fast uh, lad. But sadly, another Sheffield Wednesday centre-forward that uh, whose career ended so tragically. Uh, and if anywhere watching the, uh, hit the match he was in on, on television, when he broke his leg, it was such a bad break Players around them were vomiting. They were being so sick with what they were saying. In fact, I, I think one of the, I think it was the linesman said that, or the referee had said that, had he not had his set sock on and his shin pad, his leg probably would have broken off altogether. It was such a bad break, and you could see the the bone through the sock and all that sort of thing. So uh, that was David Hurst, and he looked like a world beater, world beater. And yet here we are, have another Sheffield went to centre forward of that caliber whose career was uh, finished with a broken leg. He, he, he recovered after a very long uh, recuperation period, but he was never the same again, as you could imagine. But uh, uh, a, a great a great servant um, to, to Sheffield in, in, in other ways. So 2-0, and as I say, it was a match I was supposed to be really sad about, and it ended up being a match I was terribly happy about. So there you are. That's my second offering. Good stuff. Okay, Steve Wilkinson. 
Yes, so I'm going back to the 60s again for a, arguably the first game I went to, what, I, what I'd call as an adult, because uh, I said earlier on that thing, I always used to go at the front. And, and for because of um, my, my dad used to play bowls in this time, and he, and he had a game down in Spennymoor on the morning before the match. And I'm going to uh, talk about November 1967. And we're going to have to dash back on Spennymoor. And you, 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 it was no decent roads in those days. Uh, so it was a. It was a trudge back, and we got in into the ground at uh, 20 to 3. So it was too late for the, to get in at the front because it was filling up. And it was the first game I ever stood behind the barriers further up, further back. And, and uh, you know, as much as I, could, I actually stood behind the barrier, it was normal to stand in front of them to protect you. But uh, I managed to sort of support myself behind him. And really, from then onwards, I always went further back. And you always get a better view of the game further back than you did looking through the legs of peanut sellers, etc., as I mentioned earlier on. Um, but this game we won four nil, and and uh, significant in this game was a was a player um, going back to those days goes Albert Bennett, who would signed uh, after the promotion season, and uh, as it happens, we sold him before we, we, uh, we, we in the in the following season after this game um, when uh, before we started on the on the uh, the first cup. But he, he he did quite well in in, in as a as a goal scorer up front. Uh, Ninety games altogether, twenty three goals, which is quite a decent return. Um, I can I can name a centre forward we've got now that doesn't get anywhere near that. Um, but uh, this particular game, one of the one of the the memorable things for me is to say we, we got in late and it was it was uh, well, we saw the start obviously, but uh, Newcastle went ahead in the fourth minute. Um, with with a goal from uh, Albert Bennett, and I think it was the second goal that I can remember. Significant George again will, will, will clarify for me if he was at this game. It was a mazy dribble from Albert Bennett from the left wing. Um, we're attacking the the Gallagher end, and uh, we, we, he, he sort of dribbled in, and I think he beat umpteen blokes and got to about the centre centre of the goal just outside the penalty and unleashed a shot which rocketed into the net. And, and I can just remember that goal, uh, you know, from that that great dribble in from the side and and. Uh, you know that was that was his second goal of the game. That we're in the transition phase now of the of the club with with Norton at this point. We'd we'd gone up and I, I mentioned our other game uh, of the cup match. The the year after that we we struggled and we nearly well nearly got relegated back to the second division. Um, but as a as a result of actually selling Alan Tudyk, who we talked about earlier on, uh, we bought three players in: uh, Dave Elliott, John McNamee, and. Uh, Tommy Robson with with more first team experience. I mean, McNamee came from Scotland, but Dave Elliott had played for Sunderland. Tommy Robson, I think Chelsea, and it, it was more building a team that was more suitable for the first division. Because still, many of those players were were there from the from the promotion time. Um, although we're starting to get youngsters coming in, and, and Bobby Moncur and Jim Scott and Wynne Davies that were were going to make a big difference in the in the first cup of the following season. So this season was this game was an early part of the season. 1967-68, when we we ultimately finished high enough to to fiddle our way through Lord Westwood, imposing the the one city one club rule that uh, the big six then couldn't manage to get rid of us because uh, we we overruled them and all those teams that because there were multiple teams in Manchester, Liverpool and and London, uh, you only allowed one team from each uh, city. So we got in in tenth place into the intercity's first cup. The rest history. Um, but that was it. That was a game I remember. Uh, a good win, four nil. Um, goals also from Dave Elliott and Win Davies on that day. So that was uh, with with twenty eight thousand in, which was a sort of good crowd for those days. Thirty thousand was usually about the norm 
And uh, I think another thing about the, about that crowd, I think players in those days got paid bonus on on more than thirty thousand. George will probably remember that. I think so. It was always okay. in their incentive to to play well, and therefore you got more in. And it was I don't know what the exact numbers involved, but uh, getting thirty thousand plus was always a an advantage to the players' wages. So that's my second game. Great stuff. Okay, Stu. the Chevy. Sheffield wins the manager was Alan Brown, by Alan the way. Alan Brown, yes, that was uh, Sunderland. He had a he had a Sunderland sandwich in between the two phases at Sunderland at uh, as Chef Wed manager. <laughs> okay, Stu. Hey, I'm going to go back to what George said about David Hurst. If Mitch can remember the, do you remember Sweep who used to drink it in Goodfellas with us? The Sheffield Wednesday fan. Aye. He was called Sweep because when we were watching the football, he got excited. His voice went, I can't do it. His voice got really high, so we nicknamed him Sweep. But he's a big Sheffield Wednesday fan, and he was certain that David Hurst was going to be bigger, better, faster than Alan Shearer. And then he, he had that horrible injury. Now, we'll never know, but I'm sure he wouldn't have gotten to the heights that uh, Alan Shearer got to, but that was that was his claim. But the last game I talked about was in March 86, where Beardsley had a... I didn't mention scored the third goal. He then went on to the World Cup, didn't he? In Mexico and, and made Gary Lineker. And then I'll fast forward now to, let's work this out, 17 years later, is it? No, seven years later. Um, 1993. It's the game when, as soon as you mentioned Sheffield wins in Newcastle, it's the one that most people think of. It's a 4-2 game at home. And Beardsley had just come back and as it happened, he wasn't playing that day. But they... It was mem- memorable for a number of reasons. The first, it was a Monday night game. It was our first Monday night game on Sky in the, in the new Premier League. Chris Waddle was returning with Sheffield Wednesday after an hiatus at Tottenham and Marseille. And then also, the, we played in our home strip, you know, which, sorry, our way out our way strip because of it was a clash with Sheffield Wednesday's hideous white with black pinstripes and yellow shorts. It was like the Holland Globetrotters, wasn't it? The, the, the way strip that they had. But we it was famous for that. And then the most memorable thing it was for was probably Alex Matthews' goal. Um, but before we get to Matthews' goal, I'll talk you through the game. Uh, the, we, we went one and up through the obvious channel of Andy Cole uh, with his left foot clinical. Even though he never looked orthodox, he always, got, he always knew what the back of the net was accuracy-wise. And he put his 1-0 up. And then Andy Sinton, who's from Cromlin, he, he equalised. Uh, he equalised. And he's, he's big with Cupiano, isn't he? And then at the start of the second half, Sinton put them 2-1 ahead. So he scored twice. But he, the, the thing with Sinton, I'm sure he was, he was one of the... If he wasn't the smallest person on the pitch, he would have been the close to being the smallest. Uh, and he scored with a header at the back post. Now, anyone who's played in defence before... It's sacrilege to allow that to happen, you know, but irrespective of that, Andy Cole then equalised, so he, he bagged a brace as well as Sinton. So you think this is a story of the game, you know, between these two. Cole scored when he, uh, the cross came over, Rob Lee knocked it in, and Cole turned on the sixpence and knocked it in with his right foot this time at the bottom corner. So it's two each. Now, when we went 2-1 down, there was no grumbling in the crowd. You know, we had Keegan as the manager, we just coasted promotion the year before and there was belief there was a belief in the team and there was belief in the management there was no negativity and it was as if you know you always talk about the crowd being the 12th man but to me this this game was one of the games that epitomised that 
we ended up with Matthew scoring the third when Malcolm Allen crossed the ball in and he audaciously looked it over. Now, some people say it was a fluke. He knew exactly what he was doing. He just guided over the keeper's head and it's still one of the most iconic goals of Newcastle's Premier League history, I would say, was Matthew uh, notching that. And then the fourth goal later on was scored by, to finish them off, by Malcolm Allen. And his work rate was always underrated. His importance to the team in the absence of Peter Beardsley was also underrated. And he deserved a goal that day because he ran his socks off and, and he crashed one in from, a, I believe it was near the edge of the box anyway. But he thoroughly deserved it. And it was like, say, it was a Monday night. It was, it was dark. It wasn't cold. People were in T-shirts in the crowd. You go home, you can see the smoke in the air around the stadium and that. And the feel-good factor was, even then, you know, we just got promoted. But that, to me, was the first game that season where I think everyone believed we are Premier League and we deserve to be. And we can hold our own and let this rocket or roller coaster take take control. It's, it's, you know, that was that was the turning point. It was a classy performance. We come from everything that you could want in a in a... I suppose a novel. It was that game had it all, and we end up winning comfortably four two. And you know we know what the the years thereafter. But that was the first day I walked out the ground thinking, you know what, we're not going to get relegated. We're not going to be in a relegation battle. We're not going to fall flat on our face. We're not going to be a laughing stock. We could actually challenge you, because as I said before, Sheffield Wednesday at that time were. In and around the League Cup finals, FA Cup finals, and they were renowned to mean a very good, solid, decent team. Uh, and we, we did beat them easily. So that was the second game I wanted to talk about because I knew it would be probably one of the most popular. And because I was the youngest, the other panelists very kindly let me choose that one. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was also the night that I met um, George Best. Um, he did the Footballers Football Show uh, live in St James's Park afterwards. It was a show that uh, it was a show that basically used to follow the match and on a Monday night. And uh, Sir John Hall was there in the audience. I was there. Uh, George Best and Richard Keys were on the panel, um, and I actually got to ask a question. Richard Keys came up to us, and um, I actually asked Sir John Hall why um, when I went to Old Trafford uh, and, and some of my mates missed out on tickets that year, had um, there been a shortage of tickets, yet there was a tout standing outside the ground with a book of tickets. Uh, I asked Sir John Hall that live on TV. <laughs> and um, you can imagine the delight of Sir John getting asked something like that. But fair play to him for A, going in the audience and doing that and being on the panel, sorry, and uh, and being there. But yeah, fascinating. I'll have to dig that out and stick it up on the uh, on the YouTube channel at some point. But yeah, meeting George Best, I've got his autograph for me mum because me mum's a big, big fan of uh, George Best. But Mitch, over to you. Okay, my, my second game goes back to September 1990, um, second division. Um, in a very different time, she Sheffield Wednesday had been relegated. Um, but unlike now, that sort of gap was so different that um, they didn't really have a problem uh, with players leaving or had to sell players. They kept a lot of that squad together and what a squad it was at the time. Um and the reason that we went is we wanted to see it because we knew it would be a good game. It was actually my first trip to Hillsborough. Um, but we knew there was a possibility with the two teams because we just missed out on promotion the season before and they'd just come down from the top flight. Uh, and when you look at the, the players they had in the team, David Hurst, who's already been well talked about, um, Carlton Palmer, Trevor Francis, 
Chris Turner, Stuart McCall, Viv Anderson, John Sheridan, you know, all at, at the time. These were, you know, a mix of international players, players who were still being considered for international duty, even though they were in the second division. Um, we had the, 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 basically the, the, the spine of the team that missed out on promotion the season before, Mark McGee, Mick Quinn, you know, um, and, and so it was, was going to be a good game, and it was. It wasn't the best result of the season. Um, uh, it was The game itself finished 2-2, but it was a proper end-to-end. 90 minutes of we're going to have an attack and now you're going to have an attack. And we'll have an attack and then we'll let you have an attack. And it went end to end. Um, we got the first goal after about 20 minutes, Mark McGee. Uh, Hurst equalised just before half-time. Uh, McGee put with 2-1 up um, on about 75 minutes. And then something which became a bit of a running theme for that season. Um, in the 90th minute plus, Stuart McCall, who'd come on as a sub, scrambled an equaliser for them. Um, and you couldn't really say it was against the runner play because there was no runner play. 2-2 was probably the fairest result. But it was a cracking game. It was a, it was a midweek game. It was, um, it was a real blood and thunder type game. But the running theme for that season, we, we petered out at the end of that season. We missed out on the playoffs. Uh, it finished sort of about 10th, I think. Um but I seem, to, I seem to remember this was the season that somebody worked out if games lasted 80 minutes, we would have been promoted. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we finished 10th, we conceded so many goals in the last 10 minutes of games in injury time <clears throat> that, that it cost were, in, case of, in, in many cases, the points for the win and sometimes cost were a loss when we should have at least had a draw. Uh, and and so instead of going into the playoffs, we ended up in tenth, I think, or eleventh. Um, but yeah, the, that season was so frustrating because when you could have done so much more. But also that division, that season was filled with teams who I, I think there was at least seven or eight teams in that that division that season that you could have said it could have been promoted and made a good case for them getting promoted. And I think that was the start of the second division, which is now the championship, becoming this quagmire for teams. It's like quicksand. The more you struggle, the deeper you sink into it. Um, because it just started to become such a competitive. And I think the championship now is still one of the most competitive leagues in Europe. Um, and I think that's the era when it started from. But the biggest difference was there was no parachute payments. Um there was yeah, England England managers would still have a look at the second division if somebody was in form. So players had no incentive necessarily to leave. Um and and sadly it's the money game, isn't it? That's what's changed. It's all about the money and on all the all the talks we're having at the minute about super leagues and this, that and the other. Um it's all about the cash. But at that time it was a lot simpler. And you could pick a game like that and say, right, I really want to go to that game because that's going to be a great game. And that certainly was a great game. It wasn't a great result, but a cracking game. Yeah, great stuff. Steve Hasty, finishing off with you on the games. Yeah, uh, well, I've, I've gone back uh, to February 1996. I picked 1996 simply because uh, it was Euro 96, yeah. And we're, we're coming up the weekend and we've got the Euros starting again. Um, but what an exciting period of time it was to be a football fan. Uh, and certainly being a Newcastle United fan. And the, the game I've picked is the 3rd of February, 1996. Um, 
it's the return game after the one that George talked about, uh, where Janola and Beardsley ran the show and we won. Um, this particular game again waddled back, um, and it was a it was a fairly sort of mundane sort of game, if you like. We won two nil. Um, goal, no goals in the first half, but a goal by uh, Les Ferdinand on the fifty fourth minute. Uh, corner from Beardsley, lovely header down to um, to uh, the back post or towards the back post from Philip Albert, and a powerful header from Les who hammered it into the top corner. It was one of those where he's standing, every the defenders are standing alongside him, and he just whack hammered it in. And we stayed at one nil right until the very end, and we're playing some lovely football by this point. And uh, Beardsley picked the ball up. There's a couple of bit. Decent parts of the move, and if you want to go on YouTube and see it, you'll you'll get exactly what I'm going on about. But it was a lovely little pass by Beardsley, just one of those ones that he did as an inside left, inside right, where he could just he could just stroke the ball perfectly, and he hit it absolutely true for for an, an incoming run by uh, by Lee Clark, um, who strokes the ball into the into the, the bottom corner across the front of the keeper. Um lovely goal. Um and you look at that team. I mean the, the, the team started off with, with there was no Genora in the team. He was suspended. There was no uh, Peacock he was suspended. And I, I'm gonna read the team out and the lads can decide what the formation was because I can't work it out even though we're at the game. I, I'm I'm looking back all these years. Obviously we had Pavin goal but we had a what looked to me like a back three of Watson, Albert and Howie. Because we had Barton and Beresford playing as fullbacks, um, we had a midfield of Clark, Gillespie, and Lee, which makes me wonder: Did Steve Watson move into the midfield? Um, because up front we had Ferdinand and Beardsley with Kitson on the bench, and I'm wondering. I'm looking at that and thinking, you know, there's so much made these days about formations, and you know, are we playing a back five, a back three? I always thought Keegan played a, played a back four. Um, but in this particular one, when you see it written down and your memory fades, you begin to wonder, well, was that a three or was it a five? I think the significance of the, of, of the game and, and, and the football we're playing was that, you know, this was the season where we finished second on 78 points. Um, our home record was remarkable that season. We had, we had 17 wins, one draw and one defeat. Uh, we all know what the defeat was. Uh, we had a, an away game, uh, away record of seven wins, uh, five draws and seven defeats. Um, unfortunately, we were pipped by Man United. Um, but we actually won more home games than Man United that season. We only won 15. But they had a better away record. Uh, you know, they won 10 uh, to our seven. Um, we only lost. and They lost six away games and we lost the seven. But uh, we all know that, it, you know... The great games that followed after that, the great game that against Liverpool, the 4-3, um, the way the season uh, filtered out, um, I always felt as though that particular season, it wasn't so much that we ran out of steam or the players ran out of steam, but we got in a of, of, of fixtures towards the end, which didn't help us at all. Um, and... But what a great time it was. And then leading into the into the Euros after that, and we obviously we all know that after the Euros, we went out and bought Alan Shearer as well. So you finish second in the league and you go out and you buy the world record footballer um, for £15 million in Alan Shearer. Um, we're on the back of the... Riding on the back of Euro 96. Um, and I, I, I'm just wondering, are we going to go into this season? Uh, end of, uh, start the next season straight after the Euros? 
can go out and get a world record footballer, lad. Do you think, do you think that's going to happen, or am I still in dream world? Am I still am I still living in this little fantasy world of Keegan and 1996 and 84 and such like? I think you all know what the answer is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I probably didn't even ask you the question. I could just tell by the looks on your faces, to be perfectly honest. Yep, good stuff. Um, right then, so coming to that part of the show where we uh, have celebrity fans just to finish off with and then uh, players that played for both teams and then the lads come up with their own 11 and uh, here we go with the celebrity fans. Let's see whether the, uh, whether the lads can uh, get these. This one is a collective. Arctic Monkeys. That's correct. Arctic Monkeys, the band. That's Rick Savage from Def Leppard. Def Leppard, yeah. Always guarantee that Mitch will get the music ones. Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> Jermaine Jackson, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a music game. I, I think we're pushing it with Jermaine Jackson, but apparently, yes, he's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. in the world. Oh, um, don't, don't take this personally. Dick. Dick yes, Dick and Dom. Dick and Dom. <laughs> Very good. Uh, is that Paul Carrick? Correct. Yeah. Hey, Carrick, you're, yeah. you're on a run, Mitch. You're on a run. Oh, oh yeah. Emma Dale, man. And uh, oh. Inspector, what's his name? Oh, God. <laughs> Neither of those are correct, George. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I, I think you're on the right track. No. The only person I think it looks like is Rufus Helms, but it's, I don't think it's him. Well, he is, he no, is an actor. It's an actor, was, yeah. He was in um, he was in Coronation Street as well, if that helps. And of course, the web page that I've the, the web page that I've linked is is now again dead. This is this has happened to me a few times, you know, where the guy's name is, and I haven't got the guy's name saved. So you're gonna have to get it, lads. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. <laughs> John John McClure. Not it's not John McClure, yeah. I don't think. No, no, okay, we'll come back to that. No, 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 that looks like a comedian or something. But no, celeb Sheffield United fans is what I'll have to look for, guys. Is uh, is, is Sheffield not Wade. Wade. who, sorry, no, 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 it's not Martin Wade. Dad. Nope, not got it. Okay. I'll come back to them too then and uh, I'll give you another chance at the end. Let's go with the players for now. Take your time with these. Give me time to search. Gives me time to search for these names. You see, I'm banking on, I was banking on you knowing them guys and you've 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 let us down. Because I, I obviously the website's disappeared and now I'm uh, I'm up the creek with those two. So unless anybody in the chat can help with um I, I might be able to come back to them, but Ah, they, they, they seem to be loading now, so maybe we'll get them. Okay, Gary Mason is correct. Yep. 
Jack said clear. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jackie Sinclair, of course. Thomas Craig was the actor. Thomas Craig, yeah, okay. Chris Waddle. Uh, the Waddler. Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle. Well done to Rachel. Well done to Rachel uh, Lily for getting the uh, and Looney Tune Dars for getting Thomas Craig. And it was John from Reverend in the Makers was the other guy. Mm. Right. Which Mitch should have got because of his music knowledge. Neon Best. Neon Best. Neon Best. Neon Best, of course. Jacob Murphy. Jacob Murphy. Jacob Murphy. Just open it, Darren. Come on, George. God. Jack it's Allen. Not it's not God. It is Jack Allen. Well done. Jack Allen. Wow. Cup, cup final scorer. And a, a bit more about Jack Allen. He's related to the former um, Labour Chancellor, D Darlin. Uh, what what is Alistair, Alistair Darlin? Alistair Darlin, whose parents have a box, or had a box, sorry. They're both dead now, poor souls. Had a box at St James's Park. And quite often I used to talk to them when we used to go to the match with Steve in their bite in 92. They used to come to the box through bite in 92 and make their way up to the top. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they, the the wife, uh, um, yeah, the, the woman of the family, Darlin, uh, the mother of, of Alistair Darlin, was Jack Allen's daughter. That's the connection. Right. Okay. I was, I was wondering where it was going, what boxes I, I was going. as well. And I've got to push on because I've got to do another pre-record. So, um... <laughs> That's, is that uh, Franz Carp? Franz Carp. 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 James Tavernier is two, Ray Blackhall three, Tommy Craig four, Patterd five, um, Steve Watson six, uh, Jackie Sinclair seven, David Mills eight, Daryl Murphy nine, um, Kevin Gallagher ten, and Chrissy Waddle eleven. I mean, and for all time's sake, for me, the manager would be Norman Smith. Okay. Old manager because he played for Sheffield Wednesday. Great stuff. Steve Wilkinson? Yeah, I've got a sort of 4 3 3 formation. Uh, Parvin Goal, uh, Ray Blackhall, fullback, James Tavernier, Steve Watson, and I've had to put, I, I didn't get another fullback. I put Lazar in. We don't really know much about him, but he's left back. Uh, midfield, Gary Mixon, Tommy Craig, Chris Waddle, and uh, right wing, Jackie Sinclair, uh, Verardi, and David Mills. With uh, I put Jack Charlton as manager. Okay, good stuff, Stu. Uh, clearly, Pavin Goal, and then I had Murphy, Steve Watson, Taverna, and I was going to pick John Ryan, but then I went doing some research. I found a player called Chris Carr, who was on Newcastle's books and then played for Sheffield Wednesday. And the reason I picked him is. Sheffield Wednesday on their website it said he was the worst player ever to play for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> so I just thought 
Now that, that's got to be some accolade, hasn't it? So uh, I think he's a local lad as well, so I should really. Um, in midfield, I had Waddle, Megson, Tommy Craig, uh, who was the first £100,000 teenager, and then Pat Hurd, who was a European Cup winner with Aston Villa, believe it or not. And then the top two, because we're in the 40s, uh, sorry, the 90s team, 442, Imre Varane, who lived at 14 Wooden Way, Kingston Park, at the back of the Heats House. And then another record breaker with David Mills, who was a, the first half billion pound UK footballer. That's my Great. team. Brilliant stuff. Great recollection. And uh, apologies to anybody who lives there who now gets somebody to stand. photographs outside the house. Uh, Mitch. <laughs> okay, uh, keeper, Pav. Uh, back four of Tavernier and Hurd at fullbacks. Uh, Centre back pairing is Steve Watson and Oguchi Onyewu. Um, if anybody remembers the Gooch, uh, yeah. then midfield four of Franz Kahn, Chris Waddle on the wings, Tommy Craig and Kevin Gallagher in the centre, and then Imre Verardi and Shevki Kukji up front with Jack Charlton as a manager. As I said, plenty of players uh, uh, been associated with um, both clubs. Uh, Steve, over to you, mate. I put Pav and Goal, had a back three of Watson, Blackhall, and Tavernier, had a midfield. With a couple of well, could call them wing backs if you want, of Murphy and Franz Carr, with Kevin Gallagher and Tommy Craig, who I thought was a fantastic footballer, by the way. One of the one of the, one of the best <coughs> left footed players we had, a beautiful touch player, um, had everything going for him. And then up front I had uh, Leon Best, Chrissy Waddle playing just behind uh Darryl the Slab Murphy. And uh, up front, uh, well manager, I, I went for Jack in the end. I went for Jack. So Good stuff. Great stuff, lads. Fantastic show, that. Um, we'll uh, we'll have a chat in the next couple of uh, uh, hours, I'm sure, as to about who we're going to do next week. We'll keep it as a surprise, but uh, fantastic retro show tonight. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, please uh, give the video a like. Please share it, and uh, I will see you gentlemen next week. Take care, lads. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers everybody.